Hello, everybody. My name is Christopher Thomas Plant. My name is Ross Frustick. Welcome to the Resties, where the rest of the best discuss the best of the rest. <laughs> Are you for real? That was the genuine, very last. What name. was that? It was a sneeze. I'm sorry. Did like half of your brain come out of your nose? No, no, no. I'm fine. I'm fine. This week, t- talking about brains coming out of your nose. We're talking about Sniper Elite 5, and the noise that you just made is the noise I heard many times throughout this extremely violent and fun, but violent and icky, but fun video game. Sneezing? You heard a lot of sneezing in this game? The sound of like heads popping like watermelons. Oh, is that what that sounded like? Yeah, that's what it sounded like to me. It yeah. sounded like a, a, a all of the pressure in your cranium escaping in a matter of second take that nazis <laughs> uh how are you doing i'm doing good it's summer we're uh-huh. you know living our best lives mm-hmm. and uh things are looking up I'm, I'm gonna be optimistic this summer it's it's ross frustic summer hot frustic summer it. i wouldn't say hot but i i would say just russ okay Ross. <laughs> that's great that, yeah. I, I think that's good how I, about you I'm feeling good. I get to spend time with you mm-hmm. in New York City. That's a pleasure always. Um, I don't know. I'm good. I, I got a Tamagotchi. I don't know what more you want me to talk about. I mean, I want you to talk about the Tamagotchi now. So I ordered a, a Tamagotchi. Why? A, 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 because it's cute. For nostalgia purposes? I think that's it. I think that I, I think I ordered this a while ago in my kind of COVID state. Yeah. Um, wasn't thinking. They're not and fun. They're not, but they are very cute. Yeah. And and mine says Tamagotchi on it. I'm holding it, looking at it right now in hiragana, and I, I, it makes me so happy that I can read <laughs> Tamagotchi. Oh, nice. On uh, on my thing uh, is is it a thing I needed to spend money on? Absolutely not. Um, was my wife confused when she saw it and that I wasn't giving it to our child? Mm. Yes. Yes, she was. <laughs> she was very, very confused. Um, so now I'm kind of pretending that like, oh, yeah, uh, my child and I, are, we're going to raise this together. When sure. in truth, I'm going to keep it the hell away from him because he's going to break it. Well, over, or overfeed it. Oh, I mean, that that's a best case scenario. Yeah. If I'm being honest with you. Anyway. I think we should stop talking about cute things, and we should start talking about absolutely horrific things in Sniper Elite 5. You want to do that right after the break? Let's do it. Okay, I'll see you there. Okay, Frush, Sniper Elite 5. Here is my best summary of this game. Think Hitman meets kind of like a, not a Call of Duty, but like Siphon Filter. Is that, that, that's I, like I a can, reference I can make nobody's it more simple get. than that. Okay. Think Hitman, set in World War II, but without a sense of humor. Mm. Yes, yes. Um, and, and I would say a great deal more action. It It is very okay with you playing it as an action game. Yeah. You will not be that severely punished on even like a medium difficulty. Um, oh, oh, also, way more violent than Hitman. Yes. Um, the, the kind of iconic thing about this video game series is that i believe they invented the x-ray kill even before mortal Kombat was doing it with its fatalities maybe i believe so and um 
the way it works is that when you uh, snipe someone and the game knows that it's going to be a kill confirmed, the you follow the bullet from your weapon uh, uh, through the air to the person's, let's say, head. And then right before it hits, uh, you get an x-ray. Not, it's not even really an x-ray because you can see organs also. Sure. You get an inside look of the body and then you see the bullet enter the body and, I mean, effectively ob- obliterate the body from within. Uh, yes. If it goes into a skull, you could see it penetrate the eye socket and then, like, exit the head. It is absolutely horrific. Um, has always been horrific. I'm not going to say that it's uniquely horrific now because of what's going on in the world because what's been going on in the world has horrifically been going on for a very long time. Um, so I, I um, yeah, it, it made me pretty queasy, but, and I'll emphasize this up top, you can turn it off. I, and I did. Within moments, I turned this feature off. Yeah. Because I, I can't tell if it's meant to be like, emphasizing the over to- over the top nature of this game or it's like a genuine like we're gonna every moment you're just gonna see it uh, wh- regardless of the intent it is not something that i want to see as frequently as they show it to me or even really ever yeah so i just Here, turned it off yeah i i, I have turned it off and on most because i'm just morbidly curious with how it works i'm now going back to just full permanent turn off i i recommend for the average person turn it off i think what happened here is a long time ago again this is sniper elite 5 the sniper elite series needed a gimmick something that would make it stand out from all the other shooter video games out there and this was that gimmick it was a way of getting a lot of press and a lot of attention and now the series has gone on to be like a pretty good series and it doesn't need this. In fact, I think this is like quite off-putting for most people, or many people. And at the same time, they're married to it because it is the gimmick. Yep. It is the thing that brought in its most hardcore original players. So I, I think if you like turn off the extreme violence in this game, you're left with actually quite a good game. And I don't think you're losing really anything yeah no you're losing nothing don't don't even like think about it you could just turn it off i mean hell if you like it go for it i'm not going to judge but i found it very off-putting but i like the game so i didn't want to deal with it anymore so i just turned it off the game is actually very good with settings for like every single feature in the game so you can really craft what you're looking for i thought before we go further we sort of describe the game like from a minute to minute standpoint and kind of what you're doing. Cause it is not, it is not call of duty. Um, insofar as like, you know, I know what you said at the top of the show, but it's, you can't necessarily go in guns blazing in every situation and be fine. I mean, I certainly got smoked doing that pretty quickly. Um, it is basically you get dropped into these enormous in like, I would say maybe even larger than the Hitman 3 maps. These maps are mm-hmm. comically huge. And you're basically given objectives. Hey, assassinate this Nazi commander, uh, blow up this any air station, et cetera, et cetera. And how you go about doing that, somewhat up in the air. You're not going to get like, you know, the classic Hitman moment where you like poison Fugu fish and then feed it to the guy. 
it's mostly like you could use explosives or you could shoot them in the face or you could stab them, whatever. Um, but in these open world areas, it does give you a ton of freedom in terms of how you pr- approach the objective because the maps are designed to be very open-ended and have a lot of different like ways at the thing, uh, which is very cool. And so you um, kind of make your way through these maps using stealth. I mean, I mostly played stealth. Again, I know you could get their alternatives. And the stealth mechanics are very neat because you constantly have to keep in mind the amount of noise you're making. So, for example, obviously the titular sniper rifle is in the game. But if you fire a sniper rifle, even if you're hiding in a bush, everyone's going to hear it and come right for you. But you can do something where you can use the environment to sort of mask the shot. So if, for example, there's a very loud plane flying overhead, there's an indicator on screen that says, oh, if you fire right now, the noise of this plane is going to wash out the noise you make while firing your gun. And it allows you to, like, take these shots that ordinarily you wouldn't because it would reveal your location. Yeah. Another example of that is I... There was a house, like kind of not a mansion, but a, a large house. And then behind that house was this very large yard. And behind that yard was a creek. And then on the other side of the creek was a effectively like a Nazi checkpoint, right? And the first time I well, I walked down there, I went through the house, walked all the way down to the creek, and I saw this just a ton of Nazis. I was like, well, I could pick one or two off. But it would alert the rest. They would definitely hear my weapon. You know, the creek's not that large. And he'll probably like echo in here or whatever. Uh, So then I was like, oh, I bet I could go back to the house. So I went to the house. But I was like, well, now the house is close to the city area. So that's going to cause a problem. So I climb up into the attic of the house. And there's a generator. And I break the generator so that it's just firing off every two or three seconds. And it sounds like a gun going off, which... People are like, okay, the generator is going off. Doesn't doesn't mean anything. Now my noise is masked. And from this house, hundreds of meters away, I'm able to pick off the people at that Nazi station on the other side of the creek. I do that, and then I can make my way across the ravine and you know be on my merry way. Um, and it's those sorts of puzzle-solving bits that I really, really, really enjoyed in the game. Um it's weird. On one hand, it really bums me out how this isn't funny and as creative as Hitman. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, because the means of success are relatively limited, I felt like I knew what tools were at my disposal at any time. Mm-hmm. That's a problem that I often get frustrated with with the Hitman series is it feels kind of like an adventure game where I'm like, yeah, I could do all those things, but I don't know what I can I don't know what is and isn't available to me. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, Hitman relies, especially the newer Hitman games, rely on digging into the menus to look at the list of challenges and being like, how am I going to get this guy to hit this explosive golf ball? And that's like part of it. Like the UI is part of the game discovery. And here you're right. Like you have a gun, you have explosives. Your options are very limited. I mean, I did have like one of the assassinations. I could like shoot a chandelier down on someone. That's about as goofy as it gets um which is to say not that goofy yeah um and the whole story is told in this like you know bj blaskowitz like level of total no irony like i'm gonna save the world which you know you're fighting nazis so true 
but it's just like very, very dry. Um, yeah, I mean, that's not a bad thing. I, I can't help but think that just overall as a package, if you put this and Hitman next to each other, like Hitman is clearly like a triple A full on game game. Like there is a lot going on in Hitman. And if you ever wanted to know the difference between like double A and triple A, like this is a perfect example because, you know, uh, Sniper Elite 5 just has, just isn't, doesn't have that level of polish and attention to detail that a triple A game might have, but the core of it is still very strong and still very fun. So I'm like totally fine um, accepting its limitations uh, so long as like, you know, I'm having a good time with the stealth mechanics, stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I like about these sorts of games, these whatever we want to call it, double A or B game or whatever. It feels like they had to actually make choices when yeah. designing the game. Like there were things that they probably wanted to put in the game and they didn't have the resources for it. And they certainly didn't have the resources to just put in tons and tons and tons of filler junk. Um, like you would in a Ubisoft game, right? Yeah. So I, something that I find so appealing about this game is you get into the open world and there's a couple things to do and you go and do them. And that's the game. I, I mean, there's there's more to it beyond that if, if you want there to be, um, similar to Hitman. But I, I really just like the simplicity of it. There are times where the double-a-ness or the old-fashionedness of it is kind of a mixed bag so in the first open world it's a french 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 <laughs> french it's a french uh shore town right yeah and the nazis have like built up encampments in uh forts and armories to uh stop a beach invasion and your job is to get land behind enemy lines shut down all of these um, uh, defenses that the Nazis have installed and, yeah, like, assassinate some mega-Nazi. Um, and that, when it works, it feels great. Like, the town itself feels really, really well thought out. Um, the roads kind of leading up and down the coast, the beach are, are all very neat. And yet then there will be a point where you're in a farm area and you can't climb over a two-foot, yeah, like, gate yeah and it it clearly wants you to have to experience the the world in a certain way and that feels like such a throwback um it yeah feels i mean really that's what, unusual you know you're talking about like limitations is just like that's stuff like polish that they just didn't have time to do and it does hinder the game because you want to feel like you have a lot of freedom over this environment but because that wall is three feet instead of two feet there's just no way to get around it unless you like run around the literal wall. And it just looked like, you know, as another example, shot I shot a Nazi that was driving a motorcycle while he was driving the motorcycle. So he died on the motorcycle. The game would not allow me to remove his body from the motorcycle to hide it in a corner. It was just stuck on the motorcycle. <laughs> so I had did, one. Did, yeah. I had one with a, a Nazi driving a car and I shot him and he was like driving his passengers. <laughs> And he basically pulled over, got out, and then dropped dead. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. Very, very, very so careful. It's, I appreciate You know, that. it's not the cleanest job. And yet, I'm still having a good time with it. Um, so it is sort of a testament to, like, I wish there were more games like this. Like, outside of Hitman, 
and this, there just aren't a lot of like third person stealth centric games anymore. They're kind of rare. Um, and this one's like a total, ca- totally capable one. There are like just from a level design standpoint, some later levels. I think the third level is called the Spy Tower or something like that. Mm. And it is like level design wise, one of the most amazing looking levels I've ever seen in a video game. It's like the complexity of like Hyrule Castle and Breath of the Wild in a stealth centric. It's just super cool. Wow. Um, so I, you know, I, I, I have not even gotten to that yet because I put so much time into the first two levels. I, I like mine them for like every little thing you could do. Yeah. And, and there are like little collectibles and unlockables you can get. I, I did the same thing you did. And then just in an interest to see more of the game, I turned on like every accessibility setting you could, I could find. And oh I was gosh. like suddenly flying through these levels. It was so much fun. Um, you can play it as like an intense sim stealth game, but they let you not do that. And and I was very that down rolls. with that. Um, I, I mentioned the violence and stuff. It, does sniping games feel ickier to you than other shooters? Uh, I mean, I think they do when they make like a whole like, you know, masturbatory moment over the snipe moment, like once or twice in a game, fine. But if if you're like seeing these like slow motion bullet time bullets flying through the air so that they hit someone and is I mean, that's where, why it feels icky is because you it, you know, there's a remove when you're playing a video game. Obviously, everyone listening should probably already knows this. Where, like, it doesn't feel like you're really shooting anyone because it's, you know, like you're playing paintball. Yeah, Yeah. it's like you're playing paintball. But when with the sniper, because you're seeing this up-close shot of the gore that you're creating, it just, like, does make it feel icky. So, in addition to the x-ray stuff, you can turn off the bullet time, zoom in, like, gun, gore, whatever stuff, um, and just, like, treat it like, uh, again, a paintball game. Um, Yeah. I, I think the other thing is like the emphasis on headshots when you play sniper games. Like, yeah, I mean, I, it's it, true in every. It's shooter. true in every game. I guess. I, I I guess I'm just bad at shooters. So there are a lot of times where I'm just running around frantically and just like spamming bullets wherever they can go. Uh, where I don't know. There's something about the like the pacing of it that makes it feel icky to me. But again, it's like you said. It, it's um, it's a weird line to draw because why one would feel any worse than the other is just weird. And and again, like, we are always... It's this horrific thing of we are always seeming to be living in a moment of mass shootings, but it, it has been an especially hard time um, lately, and it, it felt a little off at times to be playing a game like this. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think it's just a thing that, like... I will always be kind of batting my head against w- how I feel about it and where my like kind of pleasure is coming from. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I just the sniper parts of these games are fine, but I play them more as like a stealth thief knockoff game, mm. and I can enjoy myself there. I mean, playing it that way is also super violent. You could technically go non-lethal, but predominantly you're just like stabbing a lot of people. So that's still pretty violent, but it doesn't have the like again the gun gore, like gun porn stuff. That yeah, it just feels weird. Uh, um, how about hunting Nazis? That feels more 
good. I mean, I'm cool with hunting Nazis, it, so that, it, that's it, fine. Yeah, but I, it, so here's my question about the hunting Nazis. Obviously, great. There was a point, I feel like when, I don't know, 10 years ago, where hunting Nazis had somehow gotten played out. Like, yes. it was just, like, the only thing in video games. And it was like, yeah, I get it. They're, like, the easy bad guy. We can do it forever and ever. I'm in. And then games started to try other things. For I don't know what it is. It felt very fresh to me to be hunting Nazis. Yeah, people game. just sort of got sick of the, I think, Eastern Front of, um, or the Western Front, I should say, of um, World War II. And then, so there was a long time where there wasn't the World War II set games, they are starting to come back. And I agree with you. Like, they're a very good villain, especially in a game like this where there's no civilians running around. It's just a bunch of Nazis. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, I was I was fine with it. It is weird. Uh, did you play multiplayer at all? No, I didn't. Oh, wait, I, I, had, I had somebody invade my territory. Away. Yeah, so there is an invasion mechanic similar to Deathloop where you'll be doing your like single player mission to like accomplish stuff and you can get invaded by another player who takes command of i guess like a, sni a nazi sniper who's trying to like you know it's like a spy versus spy thing that happened to me like four or five times in a row and i didn't like it so i just turned it off and you can just turn it off like i think there are some extra rewards if you don't but mostly you can just ignore it there probably are people that are like super into it. And it seems like the sort of game that would be kind of interesting to play in multiplayer. It was just too much to keep track of for me. So I didn't want to deal with it. Yeah, I, I had that same thing where it seems really fun and would be great if I could play it with you. Like if I, we could choose to play multiplayer together. There might be a way to do um, versus. I know you can do co-op. We uh, should try that. Yeah. But but yeah, having just a rando appear in my game who is great at this series and excited to play a new Sniper League game just utterly destroy me and I have no clue where the bullet came from. Yeah. Not super uh not super fun. Yeah. Um yeah, I I, I think I, with the with the Nazis thing, I think part of my uh I, I don't know, pleasure of it all is uh Nazis haven't disappeared, but they feel like way more comfortable just being out in public these days like white supremacist nazis uh really really return to form as just awful villains and i don't know maybe maybe that's part of like what lights up my brain now is like it feels like a real threat in a way that i don't know if it did hmm. 10 years ago i don't know i'm 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 really trying to piece it together um one other thing before we kind of wrap up the segment, open world games. Do you do you like this like level based open world? Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of. So obviously, Hitman is another example of it. Um, are there other series? It reminded me of one of the recent ish Battlefield games did something similar in some of the campaign levels where the campaign levels were like enormous. Um, I like it. I I. I it's a nice change of pace, uh, certainly from like normal open world games where the map is like an entire, you know, state uh, here. It is obviously still somewhat enclosed. But as I mentioned earlier, talking about the sort of level of freedom that it grants you to accomplish these individual objectives, I think that is like a nice aspect of it. It also, unlike a normal open world, 
allows for more freedom in terms of the setting. So you can have a level that's whatever, snowy mountaintop, and you can have a level that's a beachside thing. Um, in the same game, you're not necessarily limited to it. Whereas if they were all in the same big open world, you might not necessarily get that level of diversity. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I feel like it is accepting the reality of open world game design i can't remember if it's game maker toolkit or somebody on youtube i'll have to dig this up did a video on halo infinite and open worlds in general where you know you design a few chunks of what would almost be a linear game and you connect it by like an open world you don't actually need and i don't think that's always the case i think there are games that are better than others but this is like the best of both worlds in my opinion i have all of that freedom but yeah, you're right. The, the the kind of just plots of land that they need to include to connect, say, the beach to the mountains uh, in, in any open world game are just awful. And, you know, you, they are the territory uh, of the grind in those video games. And, and I feel like this game does a really good job of avoiding that. They're so far, again, I'm, I'm, I've really dug into two of the open worlds. I haven't had any area that I felt was superfluous. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, so that's it. Sniper Elite 5, pretty good. Yeah, it's on Game Pass. It's like perfect for Game Pass because of its kind of double-A nature that you don't necessarily want to like invest 60 or even $70 on it. You can just try it out on Game Pass if you're a subscriber. Um, there might be a demo too. I'm not sure. but it, yeah. I played it on Steam Deck for the first couple hours. Honestly, pretty good. I was surprised, but then I played it on a large TV, and let me tell you, it was much better. Yeah, I uh, it, it's yeah. Playing a sniper game on a TV was uh, there's a lot of like radar stuff that I can't even imagine doing that on a 720p uh, monitor. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it really didn't bother me. It, it's one of those things of you don't realize what you are getting used to until yeah. you're used to it, sort of things. Yeah. Um. Anyway. That is it. We will be back with a special bonus segment right after this. And we are back with the B segment to talk about the video games that helped us get through COVID. We did it. We did it. Yay. Yay. Our families are healthy. We are healthy. Yay. Um, Fresh, what did you, what did you, did you play a video game to help get you through COVID? Um, it wasn't so much to help. Maybe it was just to like take my mind off COVID. Mm. I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago on Besties. I've been playing Fall Guys for the first time since it launched. Um, the game goes free to play on June twenty first, which is in uh, about a week. But um, because I, uh, you know, bought the game initially on Steam, I obviously own it. And in the lead up to the free to play uh, happening, the developers, I believe they're called Mediatonic, uh, started just giving tons of stuff away to the people that bought the game, sort of as a, hey, we know we're going free to play, last hurrah kind of thing. And I think once it goes free to play, their like entire currency model and customizations and everything will be probably a lot more expensive. So they're being super generous before that happens for the people that actually bought the game. Um, and uh, what that means is I've been playing like one or two rounds every day in the morning. Just as like a 
light, goofy, hey, I'm going to level up my whatever pass that everyone has if you bought the game and unlock some stuff and see what costumes they have in the, you know, in-game currency shop and just kind of F around. It's like still like a very fun, mindless, I don't care if I lose kind of game. And it's so lighthearted that um, it just kind of makes for a nice like tonal change when I was feeling sick. It was like, yeah, I'm going to play this instead of feeling grumpy and ill. What what costume are you wearing? Right now, I have the um, ballerina slippers and tutu on the bottom. And on the top, I have a big giant Beautiful. toucan. Oh. And it's great. That sounds lovely. I know. I will say this from a customization standpoint. There might not be another game that does it better than Fall Guys. I just like aesthetically, I love it. Um, it's so goofy and colorful. It's like totally my vibe when I play these sorts of games, uh, having as much color as possible. And um, yeah, it brings me a lot of joy. I, I think it's going to have a moment again. I know it had its moment when it first launched. I think when it goes free to play, I think there's going to be another moment where a lot more people start playing it. And because the game has been developed a lot more since it launched, there are features where you can play with like a squad of other players and there's more challenges and more stuff to do. So I think you're going to see a lot more people sort of jumping on. But all that to, all that is to say, if you happen to buy it or you got it through PS Plus when it first launched... Try launching the game <clears throat> before June 21st, because once June 21st hits, uh, that's essentially it going free to play. But if you if you launch it before that happens, uh, they'll give you a bunch of free currency just for like booting up the game. And you can unlock some costumes and stuff like that that you won't be able to get easily once the game goes free to play. So that is my pro tip. Fresh. What about Fortnite? Are you really going to besmirch its name i love fortnite i'm still playing fortnite too but you said they ha that that fall guys has the better costumes so here's the thing about fortnite fortnite mm -hmm. has amazing cosmetics mm -hmm. and and probably the way more awe-inspiring just from like a every single media property ever standpoint mm -hmm. but they're not like giant bean shaped like mm, they're not critters. consistent yeah there, a, lo a no, lot of the fall yeah. a lot of the fortnite stuff like uh, cosmetics wise just does not do it for me. I do not want to be like a flaming skull guy with like, you know, Janko jeans. That is not my style. Jinko, sure, sure, sure. Jinko, yes. So uh, there are French. some uh, Fortnite costumes that I gravitate towards, you know, giant, like colorful beings and such stuff like that. But all of Fall Guys is giant colorful beings. And so I have a dream though, and it wouldn't surprise me if this happened, mm -hmm. some sort of Fall Guys Fortnite crossover, given the fact that they're both now owned by Epic, oh. could very easily happen when the game goes free to play. Uh, mm. Something similar happened with Rocket League. But if I can be a Fall Guy in Fortnite, bam, I am in. Wait, could you just be a car in Fortnite for Rocket no, League? No, in Fortnite, they added, uh, when they did it for Rocket League, they added, like, one of the pickaxes is, like, shaped like a car. It's stupid. Mm. Okay, here, here, here's the games that got me through this. So I mentioned this last time. My wife uh, was in the hospital. She is out. I think I mentioned that too. Doing much, 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 much better. Um, my son, sick for like a couple days. 
then immediately somehow more energy than ever. And then I get sick and I am like waylaid. So I am taking care of my child. And we decided to, you know, learn how 3D movement works. Didn't go great. Did not go great. So we decided to try something else. And that was Yoshi's Crafted World. And I would say 75% of that has been a delight. I mean, just magic. Really enjoyed it. The other 25% is teaching him that he can aim eggs to throw. Sure. uh, In the foreground and in the background to solve puzzles. And that really cooks his noodle um not not great lots of frustration there he's getting better at it but mm, for a game that i thought was going to be the the kids game on the nintendo switch that's actually a really complicated thing to to get kids to kind of work their way through um so the other game is kirby in the forgotten land which no joke is climbing my game of the year list my personal game of the year list Every second of every day. This game is a masterpiece. Um, because I have been enjoying it. I know you and Griffin have been enjoying it. And I think finishing it up. But Mosey just loves it. And can straight up just play the game on his own. Um, he's just gradually making his way through it. And the fact that someone who... It's his first v- video game, effectively. I mean, again, outside of a little bit of Sonic... Um, that he can just work his way through that game is awesome. And so many little things and little details in this game that I, being a snobby pro gamer, zipped right past because I was in a hurry to, to win the video game. But he just wants to explore and see what's there. So he's constantly finding all these like hidden little cute things that are hidden behind like a bush or, you know, through a hidden wall or behind something. And just bringing lots of joy to himself and to me. And that's what matters. It is my happiness. Um, do you think that's he, great. Do you think he appreciates sort of the, the history of King DDD's relationship with Kirby? So he, he doesn't seem to know much about King DDD. But he's a big fan of the, uh, the Waddledees. Oh, and sure. the town, he calls, he, he's like, oh, the Waddledees are my guys. And I he mean, likes to save my guys. I, I get it. Yeah. And then he likes to, um, he really loves that he can just go and hang out in the Waddledee town and just chill in his house. He, w- whenever he's done playing uh, for the day, he has to make sure that Kirby goes to sleep. Yes. In his bed. Um, and usually before he goes to sleep, he has to have dinner. So he'll go and eat a cake, a Kirby mm-hmm. cake. Yeah. Um. And it that it just rules. It makes me so happy playing a game and remembering like, oh yeah, I used to play video games like that where I could have fun just role playing as Kirby with like the loosest amount of role play. Yeah. The you know you were talking about the cake thing. I, when I was playing through it, I was like, okay, so I have three hundred coins right now. I need to use the attack power up. So I'm going to spend that first, and then if I feel like I'm going to run out of health, I'll buy a cake later. The idea that I would just buy a cake because Kirby, of course, would want to eat some cake right, just wouldn't even occur to me. So it is lovely to see a game uh, through the eyes of a child. 
Yeah, and he gets mad because you can save the cake for later, but he's like, why would I do that? Yeah. If you eat it now, you get to sit at a table with the Waddle Dees. That, no, that's true. <laughs> and it's, it's true. I, I mean, he's spot on. I, very hard to argue with him. Do you play um, with him as the bandana Waddle Dee? So I did it first, but now I we just kind of pass the controller back and forth mm. um, so that he can play through as much as possible. And then if it's like too difficult, I'll take over. Yeah. But we're getting to a point where... That's less and less. Wow. Um, so, yeah, at first I, I tried to do the Waddle D thing, but I realized I was not really allowing him to figure out how to play on his own. Yeah. Um, so I bounced off. I think I'll do that more once he's more competent it, at, like, the games, and I don't feel like I'm kind of interfering or masking sure. his success. It is. It does get genuinely hard. Even on, like, easy mode, which I assume that yeah. he's probably playing on easy mode, it gets genuinely hard. <laughs> yeah, there's there are some snow levels where wind gets into play. Yeah, and that's been a challenge. Yeah, um, but I would yeah. say overall, it's it's very welcoming. I, I think for people listening at home, it is definitely one of the best, if not the best, Switch game for you know someone that is just dipping their toe into gaming on their own. Yeah, like a four or five year old is like kind of probably the sweet spot. Yeah, and there's just so much cute animation and little details that on top of it being welcoming, mm -hmm. if you are the type of person who is new to games, I think you're more likely to appreciate all of these little things. Yeah. That again, like for us, I think, I don't know, you kind of get in a zone and you blast through something and, and don't really appreciate everything that's going on. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, what does it's he great. think of the Kirby where it does like the X-ray sniper shot? The, uh, well, there is the Kirby with guns. Oh, yeah, there you, is the Kirby you, with you guns. You said that, and I was, and I was like, I forgot. there is the Kirby with guns. Yeah. I mean, um, they're like pirate guns. It's fine. Yeah. The first one's kind of just like a big pistol. And then, yeah, the, the, then you can upgrade it into, not doubloons. I don't know what you would Yeah, those, good, those guns. The pirate um, guns. The pirate guns. Uh, no, his, I, I think his favorite character Ooh, i think you can spit fire yeah and the upgrade of that is like you just barfing like flaming comets uh big fan yeah all of the big upgrades fan. are spectacular and and keep going like i kept thinking no there's no way this is gonna get more powerful and i would get like another upgrade that would just like fill the entire screen with explosions or whatever um yeah it, that game is is great it's definitely on my list for a potential game of the year, although I do not think anything will beat Elden Ring. No. Uh, it is extremely, extremely good. Um, any any final recommendation? Um, yeah, my book is out today. Wow. The, the day you're listening to this is the day the book... The day of I, fun. The, it's called The Book of Fun. Um, the origins of all things fun. Uh, and you can find it if you just search Book of Fun Frushtick in Google. Uh, <laughs> or you uh, go to my Twitter account. I have it, I have it pinned and all sorts of stuff on my Twitter handle. Um, we'll have it pinned on the Besties Pod handle, too. I think that's oh, the least we can do. I appreciate it. Uh, for those that don't recall, I, I, pinned it, I, I plugged it recently. But it's basically inspired by a podcast that Chris Plant and I did with Allegra Frank called The History of Fun. And uh, it basically dives into the origins of a variety of very fun activities, pastimes, uh, from video games to roadside attractions 
to holidays from around the world. Uh, I have a fondness for Icelandic Christmas, uh, for example. A couple pages on that. And it's all illustrated by the very incredibly talented Sonny Ross, who did an amazing, amazing job. Um, love their artwork. And uh, it's just, um, yeah, it's great. I'm really proud to have it out. It's the first book I've ever published. And um, you can get it uh, pretty much wherever books are sold, online, certainly. Uh, and maybe in your local bookstore. Or you could ask your local bookstore if they'll stock it, and maybe they will. Um, but yeah, it's it's available now. I love it. My my recommendation isn't nearly as cool as that because I did not publish a book. But I'm going to recommend it anyway. I think everybody should go watch JSA uh, by Park Chan-wook uh, or Joint Security Area. I think that's like the full title. And it is about uh, men on opposite sides of the South Korea, uh, North Korea line. And... Uh, an incident that happens between them. Totally. What, more than what, that. what sort of thing is this? So did you, Park Chan-wook made um, Old Boy and oh. The Handmaid. Yeah, the Handmaid I know movie. Old Boy. Um, uh, and yeah, he makes thrillers, I would say. Yeah. This is kind of like a, an American 90s uh, spy espionage political thriller for a, a beat and then it becomes something I think very, very, very different. Um, and that is something that he does a lot of with his films. I think that they play with genre in really interesting ways. I think his most recent movie just won. Let me see. Uh, it wasn't the Palm door. Uh, he took home best actor at con, uh, for a movie that is coming out, I assume this summer. Um, but yeah, if you are curious, I would recommend it. I think you do have to pay for it. I don't think it's streaming anywhere for free right now. Um, that said, if you want to try his other films, The Handmaiden is absolutely amazing. It is streaming on Amazon Prime. Just a heads up. Uh, it's a, for mature audiences only. That's what I will say about that one. Um, and that's it. That's Those are my recommendations. And you should go read the Book of Fun. Mm. And look at the pictures. And look at the pictures. My I got son it. loves the pictures. He, he, he turns the pages and is very into it and then tries to eat the book. So I'll take that as a compliment. That's, that's very impressive. My son, he just loves the words. You oh know, my he's gosh. like, Sonny, I'm a fan, but I love Fresh Dick. And I'm like... Yeah. Oh, that's nice. That's very sweet of you. But then I kind of get upset because I like Sonny more than you. Oh, snap. I know. I know. Um, uh, recap very quick of stuff that we mentioned in this. We talked about Sniper Elite 5. We talked about Yoshi's Crafted World, Kirby in the Forgotten Land, Fall Guys, JSA, Joint Security Area by Park Chan-wook, and The Book of Fun, a book by Russell Frushtick, his very first book. We did it. We did it. Uh, next time, we're going to talk about stuff. Maybe I, We'll see. We'll, we'll let you know. We're recording this very early, so it's next time is like even further into the future. So it's harder. It's hard for us to nail it down. But. but what matters is we made it through another episode of The Resties. 
we're the best of the rest. Discuss. Oh, damn it. We're the best. Damn it. We're the rest of the best. Discuss the best of the rest. Resties. Resties.